Disclaimer. The opinion expressed by these individuals are simply their opinion and does not reflect the opinion of the Deer Valley Unified School District or Sandra Day O'Connor High School. Hello, OC. We're back again with the new episode of the Talon Podcast, and today we have... Samantha Charlotte. Kian Ryback. Caitlin Smitten. So, guys, um, we all know how well the football team's doing. So yeah, what are you guys' yes. inputs on it? Uh, I've only been to two of the games, but both times I've enjoyed myself greatly just watching the watching the team. If there's any complaints, it only has to do with people throwing baby powder everywhere. <laughs> but uh, yes. other than that, watching the games is always fun. I'm glad that they're having a good time. Uh, really good friends with Mason Stackhouse, and he seems to be loving it. So uh, I only have good things to say about the team so far. So I wrote an article about football and when I did my interviews they were all like talking about how they're like really underestimated um by like max preps and how the ratings are and how like their big thing especially like with their coach is like to like prove like the rankings wrong and like just like kind of like spend their senior year like the way they want to and especially since the team is like a ton of seniors like it's almost all upperclassmen so like they want to like leave like a legacy they want to like go out with like a bang and they want to like make an impact and like the way they're going to do that is just by like giving it like 110 percent like that kind of thing yeah i think a really big part of why they're doing so well this year because as someone who's gone to a lot of the games you know i've been dating a football player for like two years so i've had to go to like a lot of the games um i think the reason they're doing this so well this year is because they're so tight-knit as a team they're with each other all the time before practice after practice and they like their coach seeing after practice and during it their bond with coach cole i think really pushes them to excel and like caitlin said prove those ratings wrong because they not only want to make the school proud but they want to make him proud as a coach and i think that that bond is really what is pushing them to being such a well-functioning team this season is this the first year with Coach Cole, or has no. he been here for the second, second year? Okay. So it, they've been able to like bond with him a lot of them. I he was you. their first coach on varsity, so they've been able to kind of get to know him, get to know his coaching style, and how to, you know, accommodate their their personalities to that. I think. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, uh, Mason has told me a lot of stories about Coach Cole, and he seems to be. Uh, Mason's great. I yeah, Mason's so Mason's they, funny. They love him. So I mean, I'm very glad with how it seems to be turning out. Yeah, and I think. Uh, a lot of the things uh, teachers talk to us about a lot of they talk a lot to us about the lack of class culture in, in O'Connor uh, a lot of that was to do with COVID but I think the resurgence of our football team and how good they've been this year is honestly it's contributed to that a lot because uh, people are actually excited to come to the games mm -hmm. now I don't think we're going to get blown out um, couldn't be rich but you know yeah. uh, <laughs> But, yeah, it seems to be, I mean, there's a lot of positive impacts that are coming out of this team doing well. I'm very happy. Yeah. Um, another thing to go along with what you said about the culture, I think mm -hmm. that football is something that, um, this might be controversial to say, but it's the thing that unifies our school the most. Like that, I it is, agree with that. It yeah. is the sport that has the most. Like a lot of people come out to it. Um, st our student section is incredible. We won student section of the nation last week. Like yep. it's what unifies people from every single walk of life at this school. And the fact that we're united and our team is doing well and we're winning, I think brings us closer as a class and makes people want to participate more. So I think that them doing well is influencing what you said a lot. Yeah. 
I think especially with football, just because everyone on that team is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so like on those Eagle walks, we actually have people that we want to engage with. On yeah, exactly. yeah, everyone everyone loves the football kids. I mean, maybe that's also a controversial take, but I mean, at the least, you can't say that they're not exciting. They're yeah. they're a really great group of kids. So. They're definitely interesting. <laughs> but I think like going off of like. Uh, the culture and that kind of thing. I think with a new coach coming in, a bunch of them were like, okay, there's a new opportunity. Like, this guy's coming in unbiased, like, completely new, fresh start. And I think just the way that the players talk about their coach, they really look up to him not only as a coach, but as, like, a human being. And I think that's, like, a huge thing. Like, playing a sport, like, you want to be able to, like, look up to your coach and know that they're there for you, even if it isn't to do anything with your sport. Like, they have your back, they'll be there if you need any help with anything. And I think that Coach Cole really, like, does a really good job in making sure that all of his players, like, know that and know that he's there for them, like, no matter, like, what happens and that kind of thing. Like, yeah, you should be, like, kind of hard on your players, like, coaching, like, in games and just, like, practices and that kind of thing, because that's what gets them better. But I think that, like, the fact that he also, like, encourages, like, them to like bond as a team and he he, like tries to like create like a good culture itself including himself is like really like it's positively impacted the impacted the program and you've just seen like how much better the team has gotten and how much more confident they've gotten as well like going up against like Suarjo Mm -hmm. and like they didn't win the game but like they still like did their like they didn't like completely collapse like at first Mm -hmm. and like they beat it was Shadow, we, Shadow Ridge or Shadow Mountain. the beginning of the season. Um, first, we played Brophy, and Brophy, I believe we Brophy. were projected to lose that game. Yes. By a long yeah. Shot. We were projected to lose, and we won. And then we went to we went against the team, I think, made it to quarters or semifinals mm-hmm. the prior season, and we beat them. And I like kind of going along with that, like the fact that they look up to him as a human, and like even with a student body president, my interactions with him have been positive. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he genuinely, I can tell as a person, he genuinely cares about his job, and he genuinely cares about those boys more than anything. And that is his priority, and that's what it should be, and that's how I feel like coaches should be in this school. So I really respect him for that, and I respect all the players for working as hard as they do for him. I feel like sometimes, like, as a coach, you can get, like, caught up in the game and, like, in the moment, you can get frustrated. But I feel like he really, like, does a good job of, like, trying to keep his emotions at bay Mm -hmm. and, like, making sure that, like, they know, like, they're not a failure. Like, they're doing their best. Could they do better? Probably. But, like, he's not going to, like, completely, like tear them down or anything. I mean, like, he's not easy on them by any means. No, oh, like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, like, but it's not, like, toxic. It's like... Yeah, I got you. Yeah. He's, he pushes them hard to yeah. reach their potential. And that's, I think, because he soft. wants to see them succeed. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think he wants to see anybody fail or, like, quit. I think he pushes them because he wants to see how good they can get because he knows, like, this is how good you can be. And I think he really wants them to, like reach their full potential especially with a bunch of them going into college next year even if they're playing or not playing he wants to like treat that mindset of like you can keep pushing yourself to get better and better and better even if you think you've like maxed out yeah speaking of college do we know any of the are any of the football kids planning on pursuing football in college yeah ryan davis is committed to kansas state oh wow wow. Um, yeah i know jackson barton has some offers jet rufus has some offers david bird david bird has some offers um trying to think and i'm forgetting anybody he might have some he has some um i know arthur wants to play at naval academy 
Um, so, I mean, a lot of them do want to pursue it. And from what I've learned from Arturo and like the other, well, mainly just from him, yeah. um, <laughs> is that it's a mental thing as well. Yeah. So having a coach who you can bond with is really really important like yeah. the yeah man and yeah bro like the uh, whenever they say that it's because of coach cole it's like an imitation of him so i think the fact that they have that funny level to their relationship but mm -hmm. also obviously like you said they're not easy he's not easy on them at all, at all. Mm -hmm. so i think that you know that balance is really healthy and it's what is pushing them as a team yeah and i can see that being a worry for them going into college too because you know yeah. it's, it's uh, i mean it's it's an invaluable bond that you can have with your coach and i mean it's not mm -hmm. guaranteed anywhere else so I could totally see a lot of them also being worried about what it might be like going into college. Yeah. Um, yeah. And going off of that mental aspect, I feel like most sports have so much of like a mental side or like a sports IQ that people don't realize. Like you have to understand the game to play the game at a high level. And I think when like I interviewed Coach Cole, he was really like good at like I make sure the guys like understand what to do in situations and that kind of thing. And even the players were like he gets on us and he like will expand our knowledge on not just like football but just life in general and different like outlooks and that kind of thing and i think the mental side is often especially in like football is often like under it's like overlooked mm -hmm. uh, and i think that being having a coach that like can acknowledge like yeah there's a mental side to it and this is how you're going to handle it it's like just really good like for their mindset and just like their playing in general I think this is can be like a like a good overturn for our football team that's gonna like come in later in the future, cause like I know freshmen and they've like I know people uh, freshmen that came in this year and they did not want to go into the football team, mm. but I feel like after this season they're gonna like the more people that are gonna come, they're more going to be like motivated to join the football team. Yeah, because of how good positive it has yeah, turned exactly. out. I yeah, was gonna say, there's a lot of positive feedback from our team doing well. I mean, it's just going to get exponentially better from here. I don't know any of the freshmen or sophomores in particular, JV team, but I think the JV team's doing pretty well themselves, aren't they? I think they are. I'm pretty sure. Whenever I see all the OC football, because the moms work so incredibly yeah. hard on it. That's mm -hmm. like another thing. The booster moms, they, they care so much, and that also plays a role in the parent aspect of bringing parents in. Um, and obviously the support system the guys have at home. So I think that they're doing amazing. But I think our whole team, like the whole football program is just has done exponentially better this year. And I've seen a change in just yeah. the culture of their team, the culture of the school surrounding it and supporting them. And I think it's something that is going to continue once we leave. Okay, um, so all seniors in here, what's, what's, <laughs> what's the outlook on the college admission process going on? Um... We want to just talk about like what colleges we're applying to, what stuff we've encountered in that process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's obviously new. I didn't realize how little I knew about college until I started applying. Uh, Same. So many, uh, I sort of viewed college similarly to I did high school. Like, no matter what high school you go to, um, you pretty much know what you're going to get, mm. right? Yeah, pretty much all the classes are the same. Maybe a few of them are different, but it's district by district, um, and it's it's pretty cookie cutter. But with colleges, you know, you can go to a college that's five miles away from somewhere else, and you've got a completely different uh, uh, specialty and uh, just a completely different way of you know campus culture and everything. And you really got to find uh, what exactly fits your interest in. Um, I want to get into poli sci, international relations, and I want to do something like governmental. Uh, and so finding the right college for me has been uh, especially difficult 
because a lot of those colleges that uh, specialize in that sort of thing are way too expensive for my wallet. So no, exactly. Yeah. I'm literally I my dream school. I'm majoring in international politics. So I yeah. what do, what's I your dream school? Georgetown. Hey, it yo, is, wow, it is so expensive. It is. Sure, you know, <laughs> no. I just submitted my application last night. It is incredibly hard. Um, like I do want to go into politics. I'm currently an intern for a gubernatorial candidate, and it it has been the best experience of my life. Putting that out there, but um, it's definitely extremely hard, cool. especially when you're going into politics, because all of the schools that are going to give you the best opportunities are like a thousand miles away. Yeah. So it's really really difficult, and getting those scholarships has been is a lot of work, a lot of yep. essays, a lot of time. Yeah. So I'm just I'm hoping that the work I've done in high school pays off. Yeah. Yeah, like did you do early decision or um early action. Early action. If I could do early decision for Georgetown I would, but applying to like University of Maryland, George Washington University, um what are some other ones up I, there? Have you are you applying to U University of Michigan? Uh Michigan? Yeah. University I Michigan. would I would suggest the one they have the um, Northwestern. Northwestern. Really yeah, one. I'm doing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it looks on comment app that they don't have early action, they only have early decision, I which is crazy. Do that. It is like, insane. I know. It's like, like I think I'm applying to like eight or nine schools, and um, two two of them have early decision, and the rest have early action. Mm. So it kind of makes it really difficult. And some of the early action dates are just terrible. Like one of the uh, schools, UNC mm. Chapel Hill, I was applying that, and when I started my application, it was like the end of September. And the early action was due, like, October 15th. And I was like, oh, I can't get it done between, like, that yeah. time. It was like, well, how? So I have, to do, I have to do regular decision now. The thing that sucks is, like, the early decision, if it's not your dream school, like, I would love to go to UPenn and Wharton and learn about business because that's, like, another thing for me. Like, as someone who wants to go into politics, I want to understand money. I want to understand how, you know, the typical American business person functions. So I would love to go there but and apply early, but it's only early decision, meaning I'd have to cut everything else off, mm. which exactly. I don't think is necessarily fair. I don't think if one school offers it, all need to offer it, but... Gotcha. So I'm not going into like political science or <laughs> politics <laughs> yeah. at all. I want to go into journalism. Which, well, me too. Yeah. So I think, and mine is like part of it is like also like for recruiting for softball and that kind of thing. And I think a huge part of it is like finding a school in a major media market that get because mm -hmm. like ASU is a phenomenal journalism school, but Arizona isn't like one of the main like major media major, markets exactly um meanwhile the east coast has a ton so i think that setting yourself up at a school like in that environment really will benefit like the outrun of everything because you're going to be around it you're like all your internships are going to be yeah. in a major Inter media market exactly. and it's like one schools i'm looking at like all the classes are taught by like either either current or retired like journalists and that kind of thing so you get the perspective of like what it's like actually in the field and not just in the classroom mm -hmm. and i think that going to school somewhere that like journalism is huge the media is huge really benefits just the outrun of like you can get your degree and you can like go on but like being in that environment and understanding like all the aspects of it i think is like really important yeah 
that's an important field too, like journalism, especially like having integrity behind it mm -hmm. and not being divisive or aggressive, I think is really important. And I don't get that vibe from either of you. So I'm really yeah. happy that you guys are going into that. And I'm sure with, at least with politics, like you kind of, you probably relate to this too, cause you're on the other side of it. Yeah. It's very <laughs> important to pick a school that kind of, maybe not aligns with your views, but isn't gonna discriminate based off them. Yeah, so I mean, that is sort of difficult. I mean, I guess if we're even planning on bringing up the debate, I mean, uh, like my politics isn't exactly it's not commonplace in America so uh, mm -hmm. but I, I have faith in in the education system to at least not discriminate but I mean if we were talking we were talking about location and that is something that is just uh, it is super Huge. important yeah especially talking about Georgetown I mean being in yeah, DC you are just <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's the center of American politics um, and, but then again you know being on the East Coast not only can I afford to go to Georgetown, can I afford to live in Washington, D.C.? Exactly. That is so uh, true. <laughs> I mean, seriously, during COVID happened, and I was, um, you know, searching colleges, and like, I guess I started searching back then, and I was, like, so determined I want to go to NYU for, mm. like, it was my dream college and stuff. And, you know, I was so into it. I started looking into, like, NYC apartments and stuff like that. And I'm oh, like, oh, my God, this yeah. is so expensive. <laughs> I have to live on campus, get a job. Yeah. And, like... Juggle work with a job. If, yeah. and, if, and if I could make it happen, it would be incredible. But I don't like, know if I yeah. can. The worst part is, like, uh, I'm going to journalism, but as a journalist, my salary <laughs> is not going to be, like, the best. No. Yeah. So, I, so affording is, that is going to be, yeah. like, a very hard thing. What part of politics do you want to go into? Do you want to be a politician? Or do you uh, want Well, if we're talking about, like, dream job, I'd like yeah. to do... Um, I'd like to be a diplomat, an ambassador, or okay. for... Uh, I think what was it USC had like the what do you want your dream job to be and mm -hmm. I had a uh, US ambassador to the United Nations. Um, oh, that's cool. oh wow! Yeah. That's so I want to do something uh, international related, but I also can't skip out on learning more about American politics in particular. So I do want to study political science and maybe just American politics in general. Yeah. Um, but getting hands-on experience is also invaluable, which is why like getting those East Coast schools would be great. Mm -hmm. But the reason I was Me mentioning. Too. University of Michigan. It's right out of Detroit, so it's not like super expensive or anything. University of Michigan is a really good it school. It's like I think school. it's one of the top really public schools things. in it the is. country. It's got it's yeah. number so one in uh, the volume of political science research yeah. um, in the country, and also it has it's like considered best value school in America. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it is. It's a really good school because it's just because of the location. Like when the school was founded, I mean, I don't remember. I think it was sometime in. 1800s, but I mean, uh, throughout the progress of, of America, Detroit was at one point, you know, obviously it was a very bustling city, so it has yeah. that background of having um, a lot of great alumni that mm -hmm. just came through the school, but because, unfortunately, of how Michigan uh, is placed now as a relatively poor state, it's not super expensive, so it still has that backing of really good research facilities and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, and it's just, uh, I mean, it's just not super expensive, which is why I've been really, really looking at University of Michigan. I'm a little bit biased. My dad himself is a Wolverine, so. <laughs> oh. um, but okay. still. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So is that like your top pick? Uh, yeah, for the longest time it was Georgetown, and I think as the time goes on, the more research I do into it, especially just like to do some what I can do you know, economically, I think that yeah, is so University true. of Michigan that is really is so it's moving up there, yeah. My uh, goal, my hope is that financial aid is yeah. It's, what's it's, yeah. what works. But the only thing that I think is awful about Ivy's, I think it's awful about Georgetown, is that they don't accept merit-based scholarships. Yep. 
which is I think complete. Can, can I like use like acronyms on here that are like personal? Yeah, that's okay. Fine. I think it's BS. I think <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think that because I feel like when you're younger, you always have this fantasy of if I work hard, I can go anywhere I want. And like I've worked my butt off for four years, mm-hmm. didn't sleep, was here at school all the time, and I feel like why am I doing that if I can't even get like give my scholarships to it? Like mm-hmm. these are all so true. Yeah, because I think a huge part of college and a huge like reason why a bunch of people choose not to go to some schools is like all financial mm-hmm. like there are so many people that are probably like i would love to go to this school but is it affordable mm-hmm. and you have to also look at like what are you going to make like in your career path like are you going to be able to pay off that student debt or are you just going to be in debt for like your whole life and that's yeah. a huge that is part like of a choosing huge a school part of it. as well what i did was like i made this kind of um excel sheet mm-hmm. and um yeah, and with, like, the college and the cost it's going to be, like, you know, pl- uh, tuition plus, like, housing cost and everything, and cost like of that. living and everything, and most of the schools that I want to go to, um, if you, the worst part is, if you're in state of that college, like, if you're going to, like, UCLA or uh, U of Texas, University of Texas, Austin, the cost is so low. It's, like, mm-hmm. not even 20000 but if you're coming from out of state, mm. it goes up to like 40, 50. Yeah. And I felt like, oh my, because, and the internet, that that's what they show, like when you, um, you know, search up. Y- exactly. Yeah. It's because I think for at least the public universities, you're t- if you live there, your tax money, it's going yeah. to fund those schools. Yeah. So they're taking money out of it, which makes sense. But it's yeah. also really hard for people like us who are in Arizona. We're not the best in education. Mm. Who 48th, baby. 48th, yeah. <laughs> who we want to move, move out of that. Yeah. And we want to ambitious and have other opportunities and especially those who have worked for them like it's really discouraging when you feel like you aren't able to it's awful exactly and that is what happens like you know you get into asu and they're like it's only like twenty thousand dollars but that's not the school that i want to go to and that's like the most affordable i can get plus like i have scholarships that's gonna drop to twenty thousand dollars to less but it still it's like not an affordable option for me to go out of state but i really want to go out of state most like at first my motivation to go out of state was because i don't want to stay in arizona or live near my parents but the school that i actually got into is like 30 minutes from my house so i don't know how that's gonna work out I mean, ASU's not bad by any means, and also it's like... It ASU's be, a good school. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I'm not denying that, but as Kaylin said, it does not have a good media market, like, yeah. around. Because if you're getting an internship, you cannot go, like, out of state to do that. You yeah. have to be in-state. You have to be something that's, like, around you. So, uh... Which can be really hard, like... Exactly, yeah. My plan right now is I was I was lucky with the internship I have now, and if I mm-hmm. go to school here I and my candidate wins, I would love to work for her. Like, that would be the plan, do online college here and work for her. But if that doesn't work out for me, like, I, the opportunities that, like, we would have in D.C. are not even comparable to yeah. what we would have here. I mean, come on. If, if mm-hmm. politics is there, it's D.C. is your place. It's D.C. is exactly. your place. And, like, I would love to go somewhere, you know, like, in Car- California or, like, you know, East Coast, because that's where more more of the market is. Yep. Yeah. And especially there's opportunities there because, you know, if I want to change my stream and do something else, there's still opportunities over there and there's more chances. If only we could live in somewhere like California, so all those DC schools, we had a better chance of getting in, yeah. and you know, it was more, yeah, affordable. more affordable. But yeah. I mean, there's an enticing aspect to ASU. I mean, it being a state school, it's obviously going to be lower in cost for us, mm-hmm. and because it's not like 
the most competitive school on the planet. The scholarship money can be really good. Um, so you know what I hated about ASU? They used to give out this full tuition scholarship, mm. merit scholarship, but they don't do that anymore. Really? No, they don't do that anymore. Uh, so it just sucks. Huh. I did not know about that. And like even the push now that like college is not always necessary, I think is really mm-hmm. huge. Like yeah. there's like the youngest field officer or field director in the country's in Arizona and he's twenty one. And he, mm-hmm. he like stopped he didn't drop out, but he stopped going to college so he could pursue that and he doesn't regret it. So it's like I feel like I don't know, I feel like for a lot of people it's now they're actually thinking, Do I need to pursue this? Do I need to put myself in debt? Or yeah. can I actually mm-hmm. get because like exactly. I think you said a hands on experience is the most valuable thing you can have. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean that's something special about the political field too, is like politics while having a, a rigorous study for it and a particular course for it yeah. is great. There really isn't a better way to uh, I mean politics is in of itself sort of intuitive. Mm-hmm. You can just get get out there, go on the field and just like look at the general yeah just look at the general climate of america and sort of deduce for yourself sort of what's going on but it's just do i want that or do i want to already have my foot in the door somewhere and go to a college where i can get internships um work in the white house exactly have all these sort of insane opportunities that i wouldn't be able to have just on my own so it's about you know what you want versus what you can afford yeah and so i mean that's always the juggling game in america i guess yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm wishing all you guys scholarships. Yes. Me too. That you guys can get in. University you of know. Maryland's a great school, too. I've looked mm. at their it college is, yeah. park. They have this program where you meet your master's in five years. And I kind I want to go into the campaign side of it. Yeah. It's so like marketing, communicating, um, doing social media stuff. That, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of, I don't think I could be a politician. I've handled the mock politics mm. now and <laughs> it's been I'm very grateful for it but it's definitely hard so that's I'm good. I want to be on the campaign side mm-hmm. you know, of market that, that's good so you know hopefully I can have that opportunity out there and learn how to do that so if I can get a master in like marketing or communications mm. um, I want to major in finance so I can invest um, so I can like actually because being a campaign manager your jobs two to four years unless you get unless your candidate wins and you get a job with them yeah so it's like you need something else so that's my plan right now and I'm hoping it works out I'm hoping I can go out of state and pursue that let's talk about the debate and oh. Samantha did you go oh I went oh yeah oh it was so cool it was so it was it was very fun it was unfortunately I think we were just a little bit restricted by time and actually it was very funny <laughs> right after the debate I went in a Wiley's class probably was not rude but like it was a little bit passive aggressive he was talking to me about like my positions or anything but I honestly had a more productive conversation with Mr. Wiley than think I could have ever imagined to have on that stage but it was it was still very fun I'm very glad I got to talk about the things that I'm passionate about especially with someone as um, well informed as Devin but it was a it was a very fun it was, it was that fun is experience. actually a good point because Wiley has been talking to Devin about the whole debate thing for quite a long time yeah because every time I see them talking they're talking about the debate and he asked so many questions to Devin like right before mm-hmm. because we had Wiley before, like right before, the the right before the debate, so it was like, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I love Mr. Wiley, and I'm very glad that he was, he was talking to me about this stuff. It was just sort of funny how he went about it. He was like, so Keaton, how'd the debate go? And I was like, yeah, I think it went really good. It was just, you know, the only problem could have been maybe time, uh, but I think yeah. we came, off, I think we came off really well. And then he goes, mm, did ya? And I was like. Just like petty. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? I was like, I was like, yeah, bro, I think I did. And he was, and I was like, yeah, 
he was asking me about my positions on stuff, and I was trying to explain it to him. He goes, he goes mm, yeah, is that so? And I was like, what the hell? Like, was, why are you making me second guess I, myself? Yeah, well, I wasn't even. No, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm Never very mind, confident. you're strong, but it's like, why are you making me like. It's like, I don't, I shouldn't yeah. have to defend myself in, yes, like, that's in, the in front yes. of the class. Like, oh, but I mean, I did, true. and we, uh, Stackhouse can, can vouch, but it, w- it was, it was very nice. We had like maybe 10 minutes of just back and forth. Um, and it was fun. I very much enjoyed talking to Mr. Wiley. Uh, I think I can sort of guess where he is on the political spectrum. Um, and it's, thankfully, someone that isn't, like, he's antagonistic to my position, which is totally fine, but it's, yeah. like, someone that I can at least, um, talk to that yeah. isn't going to, like, just shout at me. And he's very, he's very nice. I know he's a very intelligent guy, and I, I love and Mr. He Wiley. knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it was definitely, it was very fun to watch. It was. It was I, so fun. I, I, it was amazing. I, I enjoyed watching it. It was very civil, which I really appreciated. Yeah. I'm excited no. for the question and answer on Thursday. I yeah, think I think the question and answer will be better. Um, I think that'll be amazing. Um, I'm really excited for that, but I think it was very well done. Like I think the biggest part that I was kind of concerned about during the debate was, like, you guys brought in, like, China and Russia, like, that was so much. I did not want want to talk about it at all like i was it was weird because i was talking to devin beforehand and like we were like listen if we're if we're to even t- talk about like russia or china ever it's going to be in like passing and just making clear that like hey we're in america what we really what, what goes on in china and russia is uh not extremely important to us but even if we were to all we would really have to say is like uh listen when we're talking about like media implications of what we think about Russia and China in America. Yeah. It's like the same people that are telling us all these things about Russia and China. Just to understand like why we're a little bit skeptical of it is that these are the same people that got thousands of our like soldiers killed by saying that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, saying that there was like babies being murdered in Kuwait, that like there was some horrible war crimes committed by Gaddafi in Libya. And these got thousands of our soldiers killed and all it was was um, to make a lot of money and profit off of these wars. So at the very least, I, I hope you could be skeptical or, or you could understand like why we're a little bit skeptical of these times. But that is like the most that we should have said, but um, not to say that Devin did anything wrong, but I just don't think we should have um, played Thought any defense direction. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, we should have engaged more with the substance. And when we talked about it, it when, when Devin like started talking about China, unfortunately, it was sort of like, Arturo was like a very good speaker in that he got Devin to take the bait like really hard. Yes, like because yeah, yeah. we very much disagreed with the substance and the substance we prepared for. We were very prepared to talk about the substance and the structural implica- implications of everything. But what ended up happening was Arturo was talking about all this stuff, like saying we were utopian and stuff like that. Um, you know, problems with our policies or, or whatever. And when we should have just been talking about that, Arturo at the very end mentioned something about China. And, and then, then Devin, Devin takes the bait, it. and he just freaking runs with it. Um, <laughs> which is like, hey, it's debate, it happens, we talked about it afterwards, it won't happen in the Q&A. And unfortunately, um, we felt like we sort of let um, Arturo tell us what our positions were. And the reason I'm specifically saying Arturo is because I honestly, I expected TJ to talk a lot more. I, I know, TJ was really too. quiet. We were preparing I a lot more to talk, about, to talk towards TJ. Yeah, because uh, yeah. TJ has a lot of that. the numbers. And That's exactly what I thought. Has a lot of the uh, speaking skills, and, and yeah. he's also he's a he's, really good he's debater. Very involved, and he's a very he's a very strong debater. But so I, th- yeah. I think that's why China was brought up, just because that's immediately what we think. Yeah. of, you know what I mean? Exactly. So I think that that's why that was um, brought up. But I think it was a very well debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see where it goes yeah. on Thursday. Yeah. I think what was actually surprising was that I expected to us uh, for us to have like a really 
big discussion about it in Weikers class because three of them were there. But it was like, no, it was very short. What I hope is that this becomes a regular thing. I know. I think it will. Mr. Weikers was talking to us about it, and he wants to do, uh, well, I don't know if he wants to do, but he was at least putting up the idea of having, you know, there's a lot of people that are very passionate about different things, abortion, gun control, a lot. I think he he was, he would, I think he did talk about wanting to do abortion once. Abortion would be. But, like, I think it was Izzy that said it, and I completely agree with it. If it's abortion, it should be women debating. I 100%. because I would be I down, mean, down. Yeah. I would be down to talk about it 100%. 100%. 100%. I mean, 100%. 100%. I mean, yes. I mean, I'll be down too. If it's so abortion, would I, but I yeah. Like my, mm. <laughs> but I'm I'm very excited I'm about the prospect of do one of the debates though. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited that like Weicker has now been able to like make this something that people are interested in. To have 100 plus people want to come to a debate oh about my God, it's gonna capitalism be and socialism. I mean, it's you can crazy. say what you want about maybe they weren't uh, very interested in the substance of it, and I'm very happy that we had Devin and Arturo especially. Oh, Because yeah. that was, like, that was the moneymaker, right? That you know, everyone year. wanted to come and see <laughs> this. Years in the making. I remember sophomore year, because that's when me and Arturo started dating, the Devin and him debates. And, like, I even DM'd Devin a little bit, and we went back and forth for a yeah. while. Um, so I think that it's a really, like, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's, it's I feel crazy. like Devin, like, uh, you know, um, give, talks about it a lot with me during, um, physics, like, because yeah. we used to sit together. So I, I think I kind of get a lot of his points because I've been listening to him a lot. Mm. So, yeah, um, but I don't know much of what Arturo's point is. So, I mean, um, I think it's just more about capitalism, free market. That's the mm-hmm. biggest point that uh, he was trying to make private property, all of those yeah. things and how they relate to our American economy and how that since that is a system that we have used, how it has been successful. Obviously, there are evils in capitalism. Mm-hmm. There are evils in every kind of economic system. Mm-hmm. However, I think the point he's making is about the freedom of choice and the freedom of you know, being able to do what you want in the economy. That's what that's what he was talking and about. And that's, I think, exactly what we should have talked about and not even paid any attention to talking about, like, China, China. Russia, which is fine. China, Russia. Which is fine. And it's like, uh, you know, that'll be readdressed, uh, especially in my opening speech on Thursday, so come and listen mm-hmm. to that. Um, and we're, we're a lot more, actually, we were probably more confident that we should have been going into yesterday's debate. But I think it was because... The way Arturo handled it was probably the best possible way that oh, he could it have. Oh, it was just, um, I mean, uh, I'm a, I might want to start my own ladder business after this. <laughs> the ladder, <laughs> the the ladder, ladder statement was actually very, <laughs> I was listening to him and I'm like, all right, you know what, I feel like he kind of describes capitalism perfectly. Like, you make a ladder, does it work? You do another ladder, does it work? Boom, then you make, make your own ladder, ladder then business. make your the own ladder business. Like, uh, I think it describes it perfectly and I think that, I think, I think he did, I'm biased, but I think he did very well. He did a, he, he did do a great job yeah, and it did. was just like, he's very good at work in the crowd and, um, yeah, he did, he did his job and we were very prepared to talk about, um, a lot of, uh, stuff to like TJ because TJ, um, we, I mean, I don't, I don't exactly know how Devin knew, but, um, we were very prepared to talk about, um, more of like, not political science, but just like the more political theories behind everything. Um, and we didn't really get into that. It was a lot of... Uh, I mean, you love Thursday for that. Yeah, we have Thursday for that. And thankfully, you know, we can actually ask these questions that yeah. were to necessitate answers. Yeah. I know. Um, I, I think on Thursday, what I'm going to be actually looking forward is like for all of you to participate. Because oh yeah. I felt like the capitalism debate was like all Arturo. It was like... It I was, think was like... Was just, yeah. yeah, I think it was TJ like TJ... TJ got the statement. Like I think it just got to the point where it was back and forth, back and forth, and TJ just didn't jump in. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, fl- I think also TJ probably 
prepared to talk more about the theory and then that just didn't end up happening it was yeah. like yeah. it was very much it wasn't even really about capitalism versus socialism it was like what do people think capitalism is versus what do people think mm-hmm. socialism is um, so we didn't really engage with a lot of the substance of anything but that's totally fine um, it's fun it's a f- it's raising stuff for Model UN uh, so donate yeah. But, a lot of um, chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it'll be great, works. especially Thursday. And I think Thursday we can get more into the stuff about. I think that Thursday a lot more, more people are going to show up because the Thursday. debates like received so much positive it's feedback yeah. on Tuesday. So people are going to sign up more on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. To see. And I don't know. Do you think our side's going to get more questions or or you guys? I have no idea. I've got a feeling it's probably I, I'm. I've just got a feeling people are more skeptical of our position, so we'll probably get more questions. But I think people are skeptical of your of your position, but I also think that like with capitalism, people are just going to challenge it to challenge it. They're going to try and challenge TJ and Arthur. Yeah, that's I mean, it. yeah, that's part of it. I think yeah. So I think I think it'll be pretty even, but if from my understanding, it's just audience questions, right? Like it's not a key, it's not cross exam. It's, cross not, exam. it's mm-hmm. not cross exam, but I think what Weicker said we can do is that once. Like, uh, say they get asked a question, if they respond, we can also add on to it and mm-hmm. like, maybe challenge some of the things yeah. that they said. Um, but, yeah, it, I think it'll be a little bit of both, but more heavily reliant on uh, audience questions. Mm. Yeah. So that's going to be nice. But yeah. I'm excited for the future and to see how it, how it progresses, what we debate next. And yeah, and I also, debating. yeah, I would also really like, I mean, just focusing on this debate, I'd like to see people try to, like, reach out and, mm-hmm. um, we, I already got a couple DMs people more interested so this in was like only for a model un right uh that's where the fundraising money went to uh, and i think because weicker is a club sponsor for model un that's probably mm-hmm. what it's going to go to yeah. in the future too mm. but like the debate's going to be open to people oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah anyone can do it. okay like tj arturo <laughs> aren't in model un <laughs> okay yeah. yeah so it's uh, only Devin and i are the ones in model un but mm. it just happened to be that that's where the money's going but yeah I think it was really good. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. Too. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah, big thanks to everyone that came. <laughs> it was a really good turnout. It was really, really good. good yeah, I mean, there were so many people, and I think Weicker was kind of mad about people entering late. Oh, he and was he, mad. He, he he made it really clear that he well, he was mad. Well, it's kind of disrespectful because whether it's exactly whether yeah, it was like Devin. Oh yeah, Devin gave the opening statement. I'm trying to remember like who's mm. speaking and who's and then TJ. Like it's really rude um, coming from like someone who public speaks. Like it's really rude when someone just walks in. Yeah. Like, it messes up your whole flow. 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 And mm. it's just I think that's why I was mad. And I think I'd have a right to be mad because yeah. it's disrespectful. Yeah, Mr. Wiker cares about this a lot. Yeah. I love Mr. Wiker for that. Yeah, he's definitely like he is. Him and Miss Garraway are the best teachers I've ever had at the school. Mm-hmm. Like in my few months of having them, Miss Garraway I've known for like four years, but I can tell, and I think you guys. Wiker's well, a great this, teacher. That he cares about his job and he cares yeah. about us. Like he is by far one of the smartest people at the school. I think yeah. he he cares about us being government and economically competent yeah yes that is true the most passionate i know exactly he's he like really loves his job and he really loves that um you know teaching us and Mm. which i feel like uh, it's kind of controversial so i'm gonna cut it out maybe so i feel like a lot of teachers really like that and they only teach like to teach and not Mm. to like you know you know to engage I mean? the class. Exactly. Their job is so important. I know, and that I feel like Weicker so does important. it so well. Yeah. And I mean, I know he's loud, and at first, it my. Yeah. My ears were like, not okay with it. Also, I sat in literally in the front, so it was worse. Yeah. But I think I got used to it over time. Yeah. Like his way of teaching, like at first it was very like it was a change, 
but I um, love his way of teaching. I love his way of teaching like, too. I think it's it's really productive because I actually pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's not just lecturing true. and giving notes. And I think, like we said, that he actually understands the value of his job and the importance of his job. And I think he like he that really makes amazing. And it's controversial, and I, I will say it is. It's controversial to say it is extremely hard to find a teacher like that. Mm-hmm. To find an adult who, besides maybe your parent, who truly cares about you and who wants the best for you and wants you to be to use these skills in your real life that mm-hmm. they're teaching you. Exactly. And he provides that, which I think is really, really amazing. I yeah. mean, I think he like he really engages. Yeah. The students like you know sometimes he goes little off topic but stays on topic yeah you know what i mean like exactly yeah yeah he's a great teacher he's a really good teacher yeah Yeah. okay i guess yeah Yeah. i think we're done for the day um yeah thank thank you guys for listening to the podcast and we'll be back with a new episode thank you thank you for listening to the talent talk podcast we will have a new episode every other wednesday tune in for more